Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gayatri. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Disarming is the word that came to my mind while working on this episode that features Shivaguru, my co-host of the Software People Stories, and Ujwal Trivedi. I mean, so many times I've taken for granted what I thought was the problem. And yet, it's simple to practice a few things to make sure you really understand what your customers need. Ujwal Trivedi shares his journey into product management and what it takes to develop skills for the role. His approach is one of simplicity. And when you listen, you feel that you can do it as well. Hi, Vujwal. Welcome to the Software People Stories. Hey, Aishiva. Great to be here. Yeah, this is a conversation that has been long pending. Always been wanting to understand uh, your story and then how you got into IT in general and into product management in particular. So we can begin with your origin story. Sure. I think the the origin of getting into IT, uh, I was doing my engineering and uh, uh, wanted to get into uh, a larger or better degree in, in technology. Wanted to, you know, I had a childhood dream of becoming a scientist. So after my engineering, I wanted to become, you know, do an M-Tech and probably get into uh, the ISRO or uh, some other such uh, institutions and and do do some sort of research create some you know new products i, I was very very interested in uh, communication and defense uh, related uh, products so so those so i was an electronics and communications and you know engineer so that was uh, something that used to be very very interesting for me and my projects during the graduation were also around these lines during the course of engineering i lost my father and then the the financial condition of the uh, family was such where i had to you know desperately take up a job so then then you know i did what uh, most of the uh, batchmates would do uh, in you know in, in engineering around uh, 2005 Suddenly, after the dot-com bubble, 2005 was a time, fortunately, where there was a lot of euphoria again among the uh, software IT services companies. They they had started hiring in bulk. I got a chance to uh, get campus recruited to one of the um, decent software IT services companies. And, and, you know, I, I just went ahead and joined it. Only after I joined the uh, services company, I was there for three years. I I have a habit of giving my best at what is available. Uh, and of course, you know, keeping a target at some other, another dream or whatever is there and, and constantly self-evaluating, understanding what is possible, what is going on, what is, what do I continue to love doing and things like that. That's where I, I realized that sort of gave up on 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 any ideas of 
you know, getting out of IT services and, and then get doing an MTech of sorts. I uh, wanted to continue with what I had and try to become excellent at what I was doing. Also, during the course of you know my work in the first uh, two years, there's a lot of feedback coming in from uh, colleagues, the managers and clients. I sort of realized that that there is like I'm I'm a little better at the business side of things more than the technology side of things. That also encouraged me to explore possibilities in the business side of things i i again you know still did not have money to do an mba good habits you know come to rescue sometimes like i have a i had a good habit of of reading and i thought like what if what like and i had always fancied this that uh, why should like if if it's all in the books why should someone take up the uh, costly courses of course that you know overall is not a true thing i think lack of knowledge sometimes help so so i was able to or i tried uh, to uh, take up a lot of reading material by asking a lot of friends uh, about you know what they are studying in in their mbas and yeah, i mean actually started picking up some of those academic books that they prescribed and then i kind of found my way through what what should i read what should i not read and end up reading a lot of books and and then to uh, sort of fill the gap of not being able to do an mba then forced my way through to uh, get into the non non tech uh, side of the services initially i was a developer i i kind of worked my ass off for 4 to 5 years trying to be at par with uh, the other uh, brilliant you know developers around me i wasn't that great at uh, technology to be honest tried to fill the gap with with more time investment and more hard work and and then essentially figured that that yeah probably my strength lies in the business side of things and i should explore that ended up becoming a business analyst after 5 uh, years in the services company that i was working with and that, that's funny i mean it's a it just like happened by chance that i was going through a management development program of sorts in a very small where company that i was working with it was about 400 people company they had their brains at the right place for sure i mean they were they know who to retain and how to nurture talent and all of that i was one of the youngest people to be a part of their you know next level management program you know leadership training program of sorts and yeah i i think someone saw me presenting in that during you know that program one of the task was to present some project or something and and he offered me to you know get into a, a business analyst role that he was looking for outside and i think that's where things kind of turned i was looking for such an opportunity i grabbed it and then uh, everyone was happy with what i came out with and then i kind of looked for more specific business roles in the next set of organizations that I moved to and finally landed in product management in early 2013 i think officially started uh, in the product management role in early 2013 i was doing sort of product management a little before that also as a business analyst in a services company the the kind of things that i ended up doing for the 3 years pretty much also is a little bit of product management of course not completely as we understand it but part of it definitely is can be considered or at least i i learned the basic skills of product management there that that piece is where a little bit uh, gets in 
interesting you know that i mm-hmm. i kind of discovered product management in 2010 that there is some role like this and then i landed up in in this role in a product company in bangalore in 2013 and yeah then i've been enjoying this and trying to see with with various avenues that i have so i've learned a lot of things the hard way so i'm trying to see uh, how can i make it easy for the next ne- next set of pms coming up that's the product management or in breaking into product management story wonderful ujwal in fact the main intent behind software people stories is also to pay it forward you know share our experiences with others who can probably benefit from this so quite a few thoughts come to my mind starting with uh, you know this transition from let's say being in a service company or being a developer when probably everything is specified to you or at least most things are specified saying now you go implement this to a business analyst probably somewhat like your isro thing mm. where if you are looking at that uh, i kind of look at uh, the sky and say there oh, there are so many stars all those dots to be connected where there is so much of ambiguity but still the creativity and freedom is there so how was that transition for you i wasn't the that typical uh, engineering guy i would always come back with with an added so i as a as an engineer also i did a lot of documentation for software i used to naturally get in, involved in a lot of client interaction understanding the requirements uh, i kind of worked on very new technologies so started working on ruby on rails for example in 2006 and uh, iphone development 2008 9 when these technologies were extremely new so new that you know a lot of my established colleagues kind of were not so keen on picking them up they they were like uh, yeah i am you know i'm getting to work on dotnet i am getting work on work on java why should i pick up a, a new technology a, a project which may come may not come i'm not sure Uh, i think that kind of dream of actually doing some r&d kind of work kicked in and i kind of grabbed those opportunities in in the as and when i got them so so when i you know when i saw such an opportunity and uh, my manager uh, asked me that okay you know three people have denied this so i i was of course the fourth choice but uh, yeah. but when uh, when she uh, asked me this i i just said yes you know before she could complete and and she sort of wanted me to be very sure and and wanted you know me to confirm 10 times before i actually said yes but i i just wanted to get out of the rut and and do something new and and try out the new technology so uh, definitely uh, you know i think that was the uh, key thing that you know i i was able to where i was able to gather a lot of you know or explore a lot of these areas where because the technology is new because the it's it's open source lot of uh, new you have to learn which means you have to look at the world to learn because there are not, no books available there are no not a lot of documentation available so you have to search the whole internet depend on a lot of people who are blogging out there i discovered blogging in 2006 and then i realized that oh it is so helpful and and i should do do the same you know i should also i should probably pay back uh, when when i get whatever learnings i have i should start sharing it with the uh, with the blogosphere with the internet so that again the idea has always been that 
if i have been able to learn from random people on the internet uh, you know and and you know i'm sure there are a few learnings that i have uh, i've had and and i can share with the world and and some people out there could could benefit so i also started doing that and of course there has been a, a creative side i you know i i used to write offline in my diaries you know some some bit of poetries and been had been part of the uh, you know editorial committee in in uh, the college magazine and all sorts of literary places wherever i i had a chance to do that so i think blogosphere kind of also gave that side also you know some opportunity and wings that i could explore that so i was al- always kind of doing these things so the transition wasn't really uh, it was always like you know you you found something that you coveted <laughs> so it wasn't more like a outside in it was more of an inside out kind of a transition that i was now doing what officially what what i was doing in a constrained way you know what i was looking to do so i was so requirement gathering for example was something that i was doing from the beginning putting in those creative inputs and you know and then discussing with the client is something that i was doing by default whatever i was developing was i i would always come go back with n plus 2 features saying you know i i just thought this would also be useful fortunately had good clients an opportunity to work with really good people who would appreciate and encourage such such things so i think it wasn't you know transition wise it wasn't any change management required per se so so from developer to business analyst definitely not much of a transition as a as a issue i just enjoyed doing all of this a lot so i i used to write a lot of blogs and posts and you know love stories and poems at that time and when i got into business analysis i think all my creative witty or creative juices uh, were employed on the job right so i i didn't have okay. a chance to to explore the other uh, possibility and and that was one measure that i could see or i could sense that okay i am not actually getting and exploring and writing all the other stuff now because probably all my creativity is getting kind of you know i'm i'm getting to be creative at work i'm able to write stuff you know things that i love to do i'm i'm just focusing so there wasn't a difference between work and you know hobby anymore so that was a lovely uh, thing to have yeah that's cool nowadays people talk about finding your ikigai so looks like you found it yeah between your passion and your profession see when you mentioned that uh, you know, you'd always go back with you know two more features or two more functions that could be implemented and all that how did you develop or what can others learn from your experience in terms of developing empathy for the users which probably helps a lot in terms of identifying solutions or coming up with suggestions so empathy is something that i've uh, probably uh, hard time articulating how can you develop uh, that i just always felt that there is a natural attribute or a natural skill that i had where i was able to feel a lot for the uh, for for people around me whatever i mean it, i could sense uh, perceive emotions better than when than some of the uh, other people that were around me were able to do so i think there is a natural capa- capability to perceive the situation the emotion uh, around you and i think it's about being conscious about doing it i think one of the things that now i 
tell my team to to develop empathy is actually talk to a lot of stakeholders with with an open mind with an open ear so you're not there to defend what you have built not there to you know interrogate uh, those guys if they were using it correctly it is more about just hearing seeing what people are going through right people your users uh, how they are going through or what they are going through so for example like create um, you know part of one of one module of our uh, of our software is is used by the drivers i i would encourage after trying it myself i would encourage my team to try out that software by actually being in the driver seat so if you if you know how to drive you know take that drive around and use that app like your uh, user end user would that would actually give you that okay uh, you know one of the things would be that okay while standing in the or while sitting in the sun the kind of components that you have in the software uh, may not uh, really come out that well uh, or if you have probably not had great contrast it would be very hard for you to see what 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 you are supposed to do so i think getting out of the building following the user in in their uh, daily life and and dog fooding i think those are a few things that definitely help a lot in developing uh, you know empathy for the end user so one of the uh, things that as a discipline trying to implement in in our team is that uh, every week you have to talk to a customer every week whether it is you know whether you create a an opportunity to talk to them somehow or if if you're not getting an opportunity to talk to them because some of them might be might be on a separate uh, kind of project and they're not try directly interacting with the customer or there are no customers for example you reach out to prospective customers or 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 just be part of a sales demo listen in a lot you know spend that one or two hours listening to what kind of questions customer is asking what your sales guy is going through and it's not only about customers so you have to manage all these stakeholders see what what your sales guy is going through what your customer success guy is going through you know what kind of what 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 is good or bad uh, about your product that that you know your users are liking or uh, not liking as much and you know what what is it that that troubles them is something that you will be able to pick when you just keep silently observing and participating in these some of these things and and i think that has been really helpful so this also is a nice segue into uh, another passion of yours and trying to see how that can be which is helping the startup ecosystem helping entrepreneurs encouraging them and so on one of the common questions that we get asked is if india is so great in software why are there no world class solutions that are coming out of here how much of that do you think is because of the geographical separation when you build something you, know, you just talked about you know, talking listening to your users observing their behaviors and so on what could be some things that people can use which has worked for you or probably some things that we can avoid which you tried and didn't work to understand users whom you cannot probably directly get in touch with i i think um, e- even if you cannot directly get in touch with so one is that accepting that fact that i do not know much about this user is a great starting if you go with a view that i understand the user or every user is is like how i am 
or like what i know about trying to draw parallels or analogies or looking for you know assuming uh, those things though those are uh, the things that one one should avoid and and then go with an empty slate if you that's what you have right if you have an empty slate and you don't know about the user first i think step is to understand and explain and bring everyone in the team on the same page that see we do not know about this user so let us try and understand about the user i think i think this is what has sort of worked whenever i have ended up creating a new product for a new market uh, that we've not understood we have never tried to uh, sort of even in my current talk like we recently did this we have never tried to kind of second guess uh, what our users would would want i think the always the approach has been that how can you talk to the user understand what they would need you know have some sort of questionnaires more people talking to them in in different forms and understanding what their needs are i mean just just going with an open mind without thinking about what problem you are trying to solve or what solution you are you have or you are try- trying to build just going with an open mind trying to understand the relevant aspects of of the kind of experiences they are having currently and the problems that they are facing currently you know that kind of gives you a very good idea about you know what people might look for end up buying and, and in fact uh, i've i've taken a lot of workshops for people in how do you you know communicate with the customer to validate or invalidate your ideas and most people end up uh, pitching or defending their ideas right when they when they go to the customers they they would just uh, start with a question which sort of the the solution to which leads to their you know their pitch so even if i told tell them don't pitch uh, they would they would uh, naturally very very tempted to lead you know have leading answers from the customers and what i do is i i sort of try doing a role play so after uh, t- telling a little bit of theory about how to do it i would ask people to come come and and assume that or pick may, maybe people where i can be a customer because otherwise i can't be and this is also fun in fact i would take one example where i would say that okay why don't you why don't you like assume i am i am a potential customer and you, you know ask me and then the first thing that they would ask me i my answer would be no i i don't use such a thing or i don't have such a thing and i think the second question onwards they they start going on the wrong path where they are start asking me to imagine start asking me that okay suppose and i i have to stop them right then that you know no no no, no. if if i'm not the customer if i if you feel i'm not the potential customer forget it that's end of conversation there so for example if say i i'm creating uh, uh you know medicine delivery for people who have you know busy people who have old parents at home and like do you have old parents at home i'm like no like okay what if you have you know old parent would you i'm like no i don't have old parents i'm not your customer forget it go to the next one i mean and this is something again that i've i've realized that people are extremely bad at predicting their own behaviors so asking them to do that is just you know not going to help in any any way i think that is what is extremely important that you when you talk to the customers you stay away from asking them to predict behaviors you should avoid asking them what we like to call as candy questions that w- would you like 
candy questions are like where when you ask a kid would you like a candy the answer is going to be yes <laughs> right so, so avoid candy questions avoid uh, you know leading questions and then try and explore the real problem uh, that they are facing and and it's okay if they come back with or a lot of times what happens is that what the imagination that you had uh, about the problem is not uh what comes out when the customer starts narrating stories and uh, you realize that okay it's all, also very discouraging and hard uh, at that situation that at that point that you realize that this is not going the way you had planned or you had thought but i think that is also a great opportunity if you keep your eyes and ears and mind open you would probably pick up the other you know ancillary pain points that the customer have and and you know gives you ideas about pivoting to a, a different related problem that the same customer might have instead of one one that you went in with i think that discovery phase is is extremely important for any kind of startup that is in there and and that's what i think i try to do like whenever i've tried helping any any startup first approach is to make them realize Uh, what they do not know about the customers or their target market or target segment and then how do you, how do they how can they potentially learn about their uh, target users if you sort this piece a lot of other pieces kind of start taking care of themselves even though it sounds so simple all these candy questions yeah. i guess are very difficult to avoid and you need to be conscious about it so you have any tips any training that helps either personal discipline personal practices or some proven techniques so i what i um, what i've come to realize is two things one is that you have to have a questionnaire in uh, advance that you you know what you're going to ask a potential customer it helps to run it with a person who has done it any expert in the field or any person who might have done a lot of it surveys or questionnaires and knows how to do it it helps to run it through them uh, the second i think tip is that always do it with a buddy in okay. you cannot know, do it in pairs rather than doing it alone do it in pairs kind of helps that one question one person is asking questions another person is answering and then there is this buddy who is observing taking notes of different kind so it's always great i've i've seen that uh, your buddy always comes with a very different set of insights than what you do as a as a person who is asking questions because uh, you you are very focused on the content that is coming out and uh, the next question that you want to ask and things like that you know how it is going the flow and all of that your buddy is is a silent observer so they are not really worried about what is the content flow they can focus on the non verbal clues on the emotions and also the meaning of what is coming out whatever people say can be inter- interpreted in multiple ways and and the more people uh, people listen into that same conversation can potentially interpret in different ways and then you get better perspectives so i think those are two quick things that uh, i would suggest that if you're doing Uh, this kind of talking to the customers so you should do it in pairs it that helps a lot good tips mm-hmm. so as we come towards the close of this conversation mm-hmm. i have uh, two questions mm-hmm. one is what would be your tips for somebody who is either considering a career 
in product mm-hmm. management or considering a switch to product management from some other role in IT like you did whether product management or not product management i my uh, so so my career advice per se is is very small and and uh, simple is is to do what you love to do right so and it's a little hard to actually internalize and and follow but but i think that's the only way i mean you you would ever come across you don't really know at any given point what what you want to really do 5 6 years 10 years down the line <clears throat> and you always think you know so i i sort of yeah. knew in college what i wanted to do uh, or in school when when i uh, wanted to become a scientist i knew that you know this is it this is what i want to do and it helps knowing something you know or, or targeting something it always helps but i think yeah it, it changes with uh, the dynamics of uh, life and uh, you and and the world you know you should be open for for these kind of changes so focusing on trying out a bunch of things and you know trying to do what you love to do is extremely useful and that kind of that's one thing if you keep doing and if it works out you would probably end up finding your ikigai or doing what you love to do at your job essentially you know you, you would be able to make your passion your work it does not feel like work anymore so yeah i think that is what i what always advise the the youngsters to uh, follow that if if i want to write cop, you know do copywriting i wouldn't wait for a copywriting assignment to come or pick up a copywriting gig i would just do some sort of copywriting you know why don't i like i i could do that on on my blog post i could do that on my facebook post uh, if i was into poster designing i could just potentially design a bunch of things for my org for my friends orgs so there's so much happening in in and around you uh, that you can always get uh, an opportunity to explore the kind of things that you want to there's no reason for you to wait for an official designation to do what you want to do explore a lot of different things that that you feel could make sense in your career or in uh, in your life and and then that's how you would be able to derive what you would want to do or what you would like uh, you know love to do or what you would pay to do is what i kind of say people like you know try to find what you would pay to do and i think that is what would get you paid uh, the best so the last question i had was uh, one of the other passions that you mentioned do you have any recommended reading list for product managers yeah i mean um, i would suggest that there are now a few product management books out there i would say that un- unless you are absolutely clueless about what product management is you shouldn't be reading those so i think a lot of product management books are are not not so helpful i think what helps is generally building your skills around uh, business acumen about numbers read marketing uh, books read about selling read about one one needs to be good at psychology there there is a good book on social psychology uh, there are multiple good books on social psychology and user psychology from a uh, lot of good authors those are very helpful in general i mean reading about the world you know books like how the world has actually shaped up or a lot of people in fact also say you know talk about history uh, that uh, that has also been really helpful so if if you are a reader kind then yeah reading history reading a bit of physics in fact 
you know lot of product management or lot of products uh, sort of software product kind of forget physics you know there is still lot of physics that is applied the inertia is real friction is real uh, if you forget that i think people kind of miss out on concepts of uh, physics and they miss out on the obvious things that would go wrong with the product so i think yeah reading some of those things definitely helps a lot so reading a, i think physics economics and uh, psychology i would say these are three topics that one must explore a lot because these are you know these actually give you base of a lot that product management is around you know instead of product management books i kind of suggest people to read these books i think they they have a lar- larger impact on on how you perceive problems and how you think of solutions and how you manage stakeholders because that's what product management is about thanks a lot ujjal that is a literally out of the box thinking on how to understand product management and looking at all dimensions and this definitely you know probably calls for another conversation another time because there are a lot of topics that you touched upon all right thanks thanks shiva for the opportunity i love the conversation thanks a lot Thanks Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.